so if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 1. And uh, we'll get going on that. Rob Nikolai says hi. Um, now I'm just Adam Fine. Um, I'm just now obsessed with seeing who all's here. Um, that's, I'm sure, not at all distracting. I don't, again, in like normal, I, I get, maybe this is just the normal times. I was going to say in normal times, I'd be able to just look out and make eye contact and just say like, hey, how are you doing? And uh, now we have to, <laughs> now we have to like call for a sound off. Um, anyway, so just real quickly before we get into the book of Mark, I, I wanted to just sort of, again, do kind of a check in and um, th this past week, I realized most of the people who go to our, everybody who attended our church physically lives in Texas, or they did the last time we, we had physical church. Some have moved to Brooklyn. But for the most part, everybody lives here in Texas, which means everybody at one level or another who we used to see every week has had to deal with a pretty, pretty intense, pretty dicey, pretty scary week. So, um, I, I, uh, just for us, the last week for us has been crazy. Again, and, and all the way up until yesterday, I didn't even know what a sermon for today was going to really look like because um, there, there's no guarantee that we're going to keep our power. Like all of a sudden, things we used to take for granted become become luxuries. So um, anyway, on Monday, Monday like late afternoon, we lost our power here at, at our house. And because I've, I've been trying to pay attention to like all the announcements and um Everything that you know, community leaders and like public, um, you know, public spokespersons were saying, I assumed like, oh, this is one of the rolling blackouts, and so our power will probably be back somewhere between forty-five minutes and an hour and a half. And it turns out that was we. I was a little short on that prediction, so we ended up spending the night in a powerless, heatless house uh, with our three kids and uh, three dogs, one goldfish, and um, a ha and one hamster. Um, and it, 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 got, you know, everybody at one point or another was, um, just huddled up by the fireplace, like in a Charles Dickens novel. And, um, and so by, by Tuesday morning, it became clear, like, oh, there's no telling when this is, when, when this is coming back and the roads were just progressively getting worse. And thankfully, uh, we had family nearby who continue, who still had power. And so we, um, we we, lo we loaded up children and animals um, into the into the car, and we we made our way as safely and quickly as possible to 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 relatives' home um, and um, to relatives' home. This is great, um, and so uh, and so we ended up living. Uh, thankfully, again, uh, uh, we have family members who did not lose power, and so we, we ended up living with them pretty much until Thursday, and then came home. And there was a point during all this that. Caroline and I had briefly kind of talked about, like, is there anything we can do, like, from the church? Like, maybe we can offer, like, a warming station, or we can let people come up and use the Wi-Fi, or um, charge their phone, or, or whatever. And then just as, like, that thought began to sort of uh, take form, I got a phone call from our landlord, uh, and <laughs> it turned out, like, the power at the church had been out for longer than it had been out here. And not only that, we—if you've been to our, our building, you know we occupy the first floor, but we don't have—we uh, don't occupy the second floor. And apparently, up on the second floor, uh, some pipes decided to no longer work as pipes, and so there there were some uh, some leaks, to put it mildly. And my, our landlord sent me a video, and I part of me wanted to just post it to our church's Facebook page just to show everybody like. Remember the last time we were here because it looked different. It was it's full, it was full blown raining inside the the sanctuary. It, 
It was yeah. Uh, we almost the the back wall, the hanging wall that Caroline uh, designed and built with John Robinson. Um, all, we almost lost it. Caroline saved it single handedly. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which is super impressive because that wall is heavy. And, um, and, and so, the, it, again, it was like a full-blown rainstorm, no power, um, l- lots of damage. Thankfully, we, we do have, um, we don't own the building. So, like, this is, this is one of those times. And I, I was joking, we were, I was messing, messaging with the board of directors, like kind of filling them in on everything that had happened. And I said, this is like the first time being in a pandemic is serving us well because we weren't going to be able to have church in that building anyway <laughs> this week. So, um, so the one massive disaster helped sort of cover for the other massive disaster. So that's where we are currently as a church. Um, and uh, a- anyway, all that to say, if you were if you were waiting and counting on like, hey, how come Collective Church hasn't like opened up their sanctuary or um, invited people to use their Wi-Fi or their electricity? Because uh, we didn't have any, and at the moment we don't have a roof or I mean a ceiling. We, I, think, I guess the roof is still there, but inside the ceiling is is a little bit less uh, solid. So um, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully have enough time to uh to get all that repaired before we we go back we come back together as a church anyway all that to say it's been a week and i'm sure if we were here uh talking in person wherever we would have met had it not been for the pandemic in a marriott lobby or whatever then um i'm sure you would also have stories to tell about this past week and what it was like for you either to lose power or to have family members come and stay with you who had lost power um it's so it was not not our best week as as far as like being a Texan is concerned. Um, but hopefully everybody is warm and safe and, and doing okay. And um, and so I, I say all of that, uh, for, again, first of all, just sort of as a check-in, but also um, because it's it's just, it's been that kind of year, <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, and so I, I just wanted to catch everybody up on, on how things are going. So anyway, we're looking at the book of Mark. This is a weird segue. So I, I mentioned we, we've been going through the lectionary and we've been looking at different passages that are assigned by the lectionary. And today it's officially the first Sunday of Lent. And if you were planning on doing Lent and like my original plan was to start uh, my Lent uh, process this past Wednesday. But we were, um, you, you know, we were refugeeing at the time. And so I decided to put off starting Lent until tomorrow. So um, for some of you, you've been at it since Ash Wednesday. For some of you, you're like, nope, sorry, the, snow, the snowstorm canceled Lent for me. So that's fine too. Whatever, whatever it is that you're doing is fine. So today um, today's supposed to be the first Sunday of Lent. And as, as happens, Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 9, is the is the assigned passage. So there are people all over the world today in one way or another having conversations about this passage that we're looking at. So let's take a look at uh, this this one passage in the book of Mark and see what's going on. So uh, Mark uh, chapter one, verse nine, it says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And so this is the passage in which Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. And then in verse 10, it says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. And again, it's always helpful to remember that in ancient literature, when, when any writer refers to heaven or the heavens, they're often talking about what they see happening in the sky. Because again, as we've talked about a hundred times, there was a three-tiered view of the universe and anything that existed above the, the ground 
everything that, that existed above where human beings were, that was considered to be the home of God or the gods. And so the heavens, the skies, the clouds part. And then it says, um, the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him onto Jesus like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Speaking, this is, and this is meant to be the voice of God the Father speaking to Jesus the Son. And so what's interesting about this passage, and we're going to look at more in a second, but what's interesting about this one scene is Jesus hasn't done anything yet. But there's this affirmation of who Jesus is. This is Mark chapter 1. We're in, we're in verse 9. And already we have an affirmation from God the Father saying, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased with him. Jesus, again, he hasn't done any miracles. He hasn't died. He hasn't risen from the dead. Jesus has done nothing. And before Jesus does anything, we have God the Father saying, you are loved and I'm pleased with you. And I think that's really, I, I think that's a helpful thing to remember that this doesn't come at the end of the story. It happens at the beginning of the story. Jesus is being defined before he does anything that merits any sort of like praise or adulation. And I think some of us struggle with this in Enneagram 3 here um, because if you find your sense of peace or self-worth in how many items you can knock off your checklist or how many people noticed when you when you did something that you were proud of, um, the, the, it, it's, it, if, you're, if you're somebody who your favorite thing to do is to, to try and like outdo yourself productivity-wise to make a longer and longer to-do list and see how far down you can get in any given day, if that is your natural posture, it's possible this has been a pretty tough week for you because um, we had... We had some snow days. We had school canceled. We had a lot of people, um, even 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 in the midst of what was already supposed to be like caution and distancing, we just like tripled down on all of that with the snowstorm. And I don't know about you, like I used to think of snow days as like, oh, I can catch up on stuff now. But when your power goes out and you've got uh, three kids and five animals that need life and support, and you're, you, you also are trying to not freeze to death. You, and, um, and, and, and so you're, you're, you're trying to, to sort of like exist and continue living. It, it's really hard to be like, yeah, but I was really hoping to catch up on that one thing I was going to do. Um, like I really wanted to get ahead on my kid's science fair project or something like that. Um, and so it's, it's possible that this week has been kind of frustrating for you because at face value, like maybe there was there was some extra time, or even again this past year when we were first told that we were gonna have to like stay in our houses for a little while. Like how many of us, myself included, I like got a stack of books. It took a picture of it and be like, I'm gonna knock these books out. Guess what? The, the stack is still there, and I've read one of those books um, because it's been a very difficult time to validate yourself. Or that for for me, I can't, I can't speak for everybody. It was it's been a very difficult time to validate myself based on all the things that I can do because everything seems harder and everything seems like a little bit more impossible than I used to just because of all the things that we're having to sort of push against just on a daily basis. And then this massive snowstorm did not help at all. So um I, I was reading yesterday just in preparation for this, I was reading about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like you do. And um, if, if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's, it's this um, psychological theory that, hu that human needs exist in a hierarchy of immediacy and importance. And it's, if, I, if I had my chart here, I would draw a pyramid. 
And the needs at the top of the pyramid depend on how things are going at the bottom of the pyramid. So the bottom level, the bottom two levels of the pyramid, there are five in all, but the bottom level is what, is, what are known as physiological levels, the, the physiological level. And on the physiological level are things like food and water and shelter and rest. And then the second level are things like safety and security. So if your power went out for, like us, like 50 plus hours, or if your pipes burst, or if your car blew a flat or slid off the road, or if, 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 you, if you ended up stuck in traffic for hours and hours and hours because there was a 100 car pileup in Fort Worth last week before the worst of it hit, if, if any of these things happened, then it's like it is unreasonable to expect you to be like, yeah, but how many books did you read this week? You know what I mean? Because no, 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 we're we're way down on on the hierarchy. The pyramid, the bot, the base of the pyramid, all of a sudden for lots of us in Texas became really, really important. Again, things like shelter and water and heat and um, and like safety for our family members became a real issue for lots of us this week. And, and our ability to pursue the needs at the top of the pyramid became really, really, I would argue, even like almost borderline impossible because of all the things that were going on, all of the struggle at the bottom of the pyramid. So most of us here in Texas spent the last week at the very bottom of the pyramid. We tried to keep our family safe. We tried to find creative ways of staying warm or having food and water. Um, we possibly, like when you're like us, um, when the power came back on, the first thing you had to do is go through your fridge and realize like how much food you could no longer eat that was in your house. Um, and, and so, it, it, like again, it's difficult to think in terms of accomplishment when all you're trying to do is cover like the basic like human needs that, that you're expected or that you, that you need, that you have. Um, so again, we spent the last week, most of us here in Texas, at the bottom of the pyramid. And again, it wasn't a snow day where we could just take a little time to catch up on some reading or get ahead on like kids' homework or whatever. It was like, no, we're trying, we're trying to, to survive. Like that, that actually became for, I, I assume if you spent the night in a, in a heatless home, then like by the time the sun came up and you still didn't have power, it's possible that you were like, we really like survival is, is a thing we can't just take for granted now. Like we really have to think in terms of like, how long is this going to last and how dicey is this going to get for us? So maybe today, as we hopefully are at the end of this type of weather, um, maybe, maybe today the thing that you need to be told is not like, um, you know, like get back to work. Maybe the thing that you need to be told is you are loved. God is pleased with you. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to earn anything. Before Jesus accomplishes anything, we have this voice from the divine that says, this is my son. I love him. I'm pleased with him. So maybe that's the thing you need to hear. And I think it's beautiful and brilliant that Mark puts that, not just Mark, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this in the same order. So before anything happens, Jesus is told, everybody's told, Jesus is my son and I love him and I'm pleased with him. And nothing has happened to earn that yet. So then if you keep going in Mark chapter one, verse 12, it says, so um, th this is right after uh, the affirmation of you are my son whom I love with you I am well pleased. At once, this is verse 12, at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and 
And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He, he was with the wild animals and the angels attended to him. And that's it. That's all for the, the temptation story. Matthew spends half a chapter on this. In fact, part of me thought about, like, there's so little going on here. Part of me thought, like, even though the lectionary is calling us to, to talk about Mark, part of me thought, like, let's just bail on Mark and go to Matthew because Matthew has a lot more meat on the bone. Like, there's so much going on in the Matthew version of the story. And Mark is in no way interested in, like, settling in on any, any of these stories. Mark, if, if the difference between Mark and Matthew is Mark is in a super big hurry. Mark is just ready to get to where the story is going. And so he's going to spend two sentences on a thing that Ma Matthew's going to spend a chapter on. And, and, and the thing is, again, we could go and we could look at Matthew and really dig into like the scenes of temptation and struggle in, in the, in the wilderness. But the affirmation is the thing that makes the story, at least this week, is, is the thing that makes the story interesting. And so I didn't feel like we really needed to go back to Matthew for this one because I, th I think all, I think the thing that most of us, I think, at least for me, the, the thing that we need to to absorb and to internalize is you are my child and I love you and I am pleased with you from God the Father. Perhaps Perhaps the thing that we most need to hear is it's okay that you were in survival mode all week. No one could have expected you to be anything else. So the affirmation doesn't happen after Jesus goes through the struggle. It doesn't happen after he gets back from the wilderness. The struggle occurs with full knowledge that the affirmation has already been given. Even if the struggle had been too much for Jesus, the affirmation would have remained. So I don't know about you, I'm tired. I feel like I feel like we've been in the wilderness for way longer than forty days, and the snowstorm the snowstorm was bad, but it was like this like coda at, at the end of of another like series of really um, re really terrible like testing kinds of things for us. Um, I feel like we've been in the wilderness for a whole lot longer than forty days. So the question here is, what does this story have to offer to us? I think the first thing the story has to offer to us, one is the affirmation that you are beloved, you are accepted, you are welcome exactly as you are. The affirmation comes before the struggle, not after. Your affirmation comes before your accomplishment. And if that's all you hear today, that's fine. If you are still trying to find your footing, if you are, at the, if, if you are watching this because you just needed to take a break, from like mopping puddles of water off the floor um, or like you're on, because you're on hold with your plumber or an electrician then and you're, you're thinking like yeah the you, you know the weather's gone but we're still dealing with the aftermath like that's then I, I hope the thing that you hear is you are loved and whether or not you get your house cleaned out whether or not you get your um, your checklist done, you're, you still are loved. You still are beloved. And you, are, you still are accepted. The, the, the affirmation comes before the struggle. And then I think the second thing this gives us is something I think we've all, like nobody needs to be reminded of this, but you will struggle. It's part of life, but the struggle does not define you. You don't get, um, the, the struggle does not get to have the last word about you. So, yeah, there will be times, there will be long periods of time, apparently, when we feel like we've been in the wilderness.
where it feels like everything is just pushing against us, where we, we've, we've had to ask questions about, uh, about things that we never thought we'd have to ask questions about. Like how many of us learned a whole lot about the Texas power grid this week? You know what I mean? Like, why do we, why do I know so much about the Texas power grid now? Oh, because when something stops working um, the way it's supposed to, all of a sudden we become, we become very interested in why it works the way it works or whatever. And so we, I think we've had to confront some things. We've had to, had to learn some things and we've had to see some things. How many, again, how many of us know a lot more about like virology than we did a year ago? Um, it's just one of those, like we, we are in a season where it feels like everything is, is just a little bit harder. And the thing that this offers us is the affirmation comes before the struggle. If you're feeling, uh, if, if you started Lent and that's going well for you, then that's great. The affirmation came before you started Lent. If you wanted to start Lent and this week through, like it, it just completely popped the tires on that for you, um, that's okay too. Because the affirmation came before this season. The affirmation comes at the beginning of the story. And nothing you do can change that. You are loved and you are accepted. You are, God is pleased with who you are. And of course, that doesn't mean we don't ask questions about what does it mean to grow or get better or to become um, better human beings in this world. What it means is you are not defined by those questions. You are, you are defined by this, this opening affirmation. You are loved. You are accepted. And God is pleased with you. So may you receive and accept the fact that you are worthy of love exactly as you are. And may you, in the midst of your darkest days, hear the words of the divine who says, you are my child and I love you and I am pleased with you. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for this affirmation. And even in the midst of struggle, may we internalize and may we carry this with us that we are loved in spite of our accomplishments or lack of those things. May, 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 we, may we find that there, there is a, a statement made about us, that we are loved and that you are pleased with us simply because we are here, that we are created. And for those of us who are in the midst of a struggle, whether or not it's continued um, struggle with kind of dealing with the aftermath of everything that happened in the past week. May we take deep breaths. May we, may we find that some of these tasks are easier than we expected them to be. May we, may we find opportunities and pockets of rest and renewal in the midst of what seems like endless chaos. And for those of us who are beating ourselves up because we didn't get more done, because we, we have unfinished items on our to-do list, May we breathe deeply and may we remember that we are affirmed regardless of how many of those boxes get checked. Thank you for this resounding message. You are loved exactly as you are and I am pleased with you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, once again, I hope everybody's doing okay. Did everybody, anybody else sound off? I want to make sure. Um, Michael Kearney. Yeah. New baby. And you're here. Uh, Nancy Carmack, Matt Wamsley. Uh, so those are the ones I can see right now. Okay. So if I missed anybody who commented and I, did, I just didn't see, sorry about that. Um, 
thank you all so much for being here. Um, I realize this probably would have been a good week to uh, to have something else to do, um, and that you that you took the time to be here, either in person or catching up later. Um, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that we're here. And um, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't have anything else. May you stay warm. May you stay safe. And God willing, may we see each other again very soon. And um, we'll be back next week. So until then, grace and peace be with you.